Check, check, one, two, three. Mic check, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Right, check, ahead. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Perfect. All right. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Welcome into another edition of Gator Bites. I am not Ryan the Hacker Green or Denny Thompson, but Ryan the Hacker Green is with me. Denny's got the day off. Some kind of thing like he has another job. Hacker, is that what's going on? He's got to train the quarterbacks of tomorrow. Is that what's happening? I'll tell you, Warren, this time of year, Denny Thompson's a busy man. There <laughs> I, is no question about that. I saw his tweet that said something like, if you need me, you can hit me up in September. Unless you're a quarterback, then call me right away. Yeah, and and it's a labor of love for him, but he is a one He is one busy man this time of year. Well, we'll get right into it. Got plenty of things to cover here today. Let's start first. The news about a possible home-and-home home kind of resurgence of Florida and Miami. You for this? Against it? Yeah, it was interesting. It came up at the SEC spring meetings out in Destin. Dan Mullen, the Gator head coach, was asked if he would be in favor of a home-and-home home between Miami and Florida, and he said he wouldn't be opposed to it. And as we all know, back in the uh, mid-to-late 80s, the Gators and the Hurricanes, and obviously before that, they played every year. That series stopped in the late 80s. Uh, one school will tell you one reason it stopped. The other school will tell you a different reason it stopped, uh, but the bottom line is they don't play anymore. Now, they're going to play on August 24th this year. It's going to kick off the college football season. I think, Warren, that's why you're starting to see the talk being brought back up. Should Miami and Florida play on an every-year basis? In fact, we had Manny Diaz on, the head coach of Miami, on XL Primetime earlier this month, and he said absolutely that game should be played every year. He's all for it. Uh, but he's a realist, too. He mm -hmm. understands why that game is not played. Dollars make sense. You can make a lot more money doing neutral side games like Florida-Michigan, games of that sort. So there's a lot of finances that get in the way, a lot of logistics that get in the way. I think a lot of fans would love to see Miami and Florida play every year. I just don't know how realist that is. I think maybe every other year, every three years, something along those lines is certainly something that could be done every year, I think would be tough to do. The monetary side of this, let's put uh, away for a moment. How about just in terms of the football game? Who has the most to lose from these two playing every single year? And who's got the most to gain? Because it seems to me like Florida would have the most to lose by playing Miami every year just because they have kind of separated themselves in terms of, well, I, I guess I shouldn't speak too soon. Basically what Dan Mullen has been able to do in his first year there has been um, really impressive, no doubt about it. Manny Diaz still has a lot to prove, and Miami has just absolute flat-out struggled over the last few years. So I would assume that Miami beating Florida does a lot more to help Miami than it would if Florida beat Miami. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And, Warren, I think Gator fans listening to this podcast are going to be along the line of thinking that, that I am, and that what does playing Miami every year do to benefit the Gators? Keep in mind, Florida plays Florida State every year. Florida plays Georgia every year. Florida plays LSU Every year, we'll see if Tennessee gets back to where they are. Got tough games against South Carolina, Missouri. I mean, we all know the SEC schedule and the non-conference against Florida State. If you were to add Miami to that rotation, all of a sudden, every year, without even thinking, you know, you're playing Miami, Florida State, Georgia, LSU. That's a haul every yeah. year. And I know, I know, Gator fans and the Gator program get beat up about playing. You know, San Jose State and right. Sisters of the Poor U. And, and I get it, but I understand why they do it because of the Florida State game every year. The one thing that hurts the Gators is that Florida State plays Florida every year. Mm -hmm. And Florida State's scheduling tough opponents like Boise State, like LSU. Georgia's scheduling tougher opponents as well. So Florida's kind of falling behind. That's why I like what they did scheduling the Colorado 
home and home. I like what they did scheduling the Texas home and home drawn down the line. Again, I just think Florida playing Miami and Florida State every single year would be very tough. The Seminoles do it, but keep in mind the Seminoles do it because the Hurricanes are in their conference. Right. Those aren't two non-conference games. Right. No doubt. Well, okay, well, you mentioned Florida-Georgia. Let's switch gears and go that route. There has, I guess, every few years or so, the conversation about Florida-Georgia being played in Jacksonville is debated, but maybe it's short-lived, and th- this is a staple for the city of Jacksonville, no doubt. You think there is any truth to the rumors that, it could be moved at any point in 2021. Yeah, Kirby Smart was talking again at the SEC spring meetings, basically saying that, you know, nothing's set in stone about keeping the game here. Um, we, we hear this talk a lot. Now, normally, you hear the talk about moving the game when Georgia's on the, the bad end of the scoreboard. When Georgia gets all upset about losing three, four, five games in a row, then you'll hear about the travel. Then you'll hear about it's a Gator home game. You'll hear that sort of stuff. You don't normally hear it when Georgia's on the right side of the scoreboard. So this is the first time I can remember where Georgia's got the rivalry tilting in their favor that at least a a high-ranking Georgia dog, obviously Kirby Smart, the head coach, is saying, yeah, we'll look at it when the contract is up. To me, Florida-Georgia is one of the most special environments in college football. I'm not breaking any news there. And my concern is, and it's really a bunch of concerns, but number one for the city of Jacksonville, that would be devastating Sure, to lose the Florida-Georgia game, to lose the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And number two... Florida, Georgia, to me, Lauren, is what it is because of Jacksonville. You got 40,000 dogs. You got 40,000 gators. Stadium split right down the middle. If this were to go to a home-and-home, it'd be great. But at that point, wouldn't it be Florida, Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be Georgia, Tennessee? Great conference games. Right. But it's not the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I mean, I'm sure Georgia, Tennessee is fantastic in Knoxville. I'm sure Georgia, Tennessee is fantastic in Athens. I know Florida, Tennessee is a lot of fun in Knoxville or in Gainesville, but it just doesn't have the oomph like Florida, Georgia in the city of Jacksonville does. I think it would definitely hurt the rivalry aspect to move it out of this city. By the way, I don't think it's going to get moved. Like I said, this talk happens about once every, I don't know, seven or eight years. Just talk to me. I fully expect that we're going to have that game here for quite some time. History lesson for the newbie somewhat still newbie in the room, and then maybe some of our listeners out there. Do you know why it was originally played in Jacksonville? Why it was originally? That's actually a really good question. I do not. I mean, it's been played in Jacksonville forever. I mean, I've heard stories from my dad, from my grandpa, uh, guys here at the radio station that are, you know, 20 and 30 (laughs) years, my elder, about going to games down in Jacksonville. I mean, I'm sure there is a reason. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head what it is. I just know that it's been... You know, as sure as the sun will rise, Florida, Georgia will be played in Jacksonville. The two obvious exceptions to that were 1994 mm-hmm. and 1995 when the Gator Bowl was torn down and Jacksonville Municipal Stadium was being built for the Jaguars. The Gators went to Gainesville and beat the Georgia on a Saturday night, and then Florida went to Athens the following year. Here's a little bit of a history lesson. Florida was the first team to hang 50 on Georgia between the hedges. They're up 45-17 and Spurrier runs a flea flicker in the fourth quarter nice. to get it over 50 <laughs> just because he hated God, Georgia that much. We love much. that man, and the AAF took him yeah. away from us before we had a full opportunity, a full season to uh, watch him back out there. But let me ask you this. You're, yeah. you're, you're part of the country where you came from. I mean, mm-hmm. if the Texas State Fair were to lose right. that game, sure, wouldn't Texas-Oklahoma lose something if it became a home-and-home? Home? I, I think it definitely would. God, but there are so many people that – Make that trip down there, and it's such an experience, and it's just part of 
you know, OU Texas, Texas OU, the Red River rivalry, all these names that's been given. Is there ever a school that'll threaten to go to want to go home and home like I, you have here with Georgia? That's a great question. Not that I can recall, and and I don't remember every year it being a conversation of like, well, Texas is really pushing to bring this, you know, back to Austin or or vice versa to Norman. So I think it's just because that's the way it's always been, um, and. Because it's not a really far travel for OU, and honestly, it might even be, this is where my geography fails me, Norman is two and a half, three hours from Dallas, and Austin, I think, is about the same, don't quote me directly, but it's not like it's eight hours for OU to get there, and it's right up the road for uh, for Texas. And that's always Georgia's complaint. Is is they have to travel so far. Florida gets on a bus for 90 minutes, Georgia gets on a plane. Yeah. You know, and and, then that's fair, but, but again... I think those big money boosters in South Georgia. Yeah. And you got to remember, you know, the, the big money boosters in the state of Georgia, the ones in the central part of the state, the northern part of the state, they get six or seven home games a year. The big money boosters in the southern part of Georgia get one home game a year, and it's the cocktail party. And if you take the cocktail yeah, party away from that. them, yeah. it's going to be bad. I, I, one more thing on OU Texas, and we'll move on. I, I either made this up, which could very well be the case, or this actually happened or has been discussed, moving it to Jerry's World mm-hmm. would change things. I mean, more tickets to be sold, much nicer venue. I mean, the Cotton Bowl is old, and it is, de- you know, it's not, I mean, it's not Jerry's World. Why hasn't it been moved there? That is the Texas State I Fair think, yeah, and the ambiance? I, I th- and there, honestly, there may be some kind of contractual agreement that, that they have where it's booked up for the next... 10 years, and that's where they're going to play because that's where they've always played. But mm-hmm. I would assume that Jerry Jones is chomping at the bit to get OU Texas and Jerry's World. Yeah, because he's already got, I mean, what I think Arkansas and A&M have yeah, been playing there. they do that, and he'll pick, you know, he'll get uh, neutral site games all throughout the college football season. I mean, I've never been there, but I hear it's like a mecca and beautiful. Have you been? Uh, I have not been. Florida went a couple years ago, got the beating from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Florida's so don't got need some to go bad that memories way. in that stadium. No doubt. Well, both of our alma maters will keep it just a small Oklahoma uh, state, the better school, of course, um, flavor to this Gator Bites podcast with Florida and Oklahoma State squaring off in the, their first game of the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City on Thursday, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. It's a battle of what I was told, I'm not supposed to say Lady Gators, which I didn't call them that, but Lauren Brooks could not believe that the Oklahoma State cowgirls are referred to that in the softball sense. She was like, they're supposed to be cowboys. And I said, no, they're not. They're women. And that's just the (laughs) the tale of the mascot. Either way, I fully admit to being a fairly new, as in probably in a week and a half, fan of softball. I I can appreciate what those women get out there and do, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Hacker, that I have paid attention and fought through the hard times. And uh, No, I'm showing up because I went to a game a couple of weeks ago and had a blast sitting in the outfield drinking beer in the parking lot and having fun. And then, oh, by the way, they're pretty damn good this year and they're headed to the College World Series. Um, so this is a bit of rivalry in this building. Dan Hicken the other day said, please make sure that Oklahoma State take care, takes care of the defending champs, Florida State. Right. And we were all buddies. And then yesterday he passed me in the hall and said, you're dead to me. Gator bait, you are the enemy. We better take the Cowgirls down. Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm like you. Do I watch regular season softball? No, I do not. However, postseason softball, I was locked in. I was locked into the regional, locked into the super regional. Now, I watched a lot of Oklahoma State and Florida State. Florida State, the defending champion. The fact that Oklahoma State was able to beat them in a deciding Game 3 in Tallahassee. It's a huge win for Oklahoma State. I think you guys are going to your first College World Series in 
2011, yeah, eight I years, think. I believe, eight right, years, right, 2011. Mm-hmm. Florida, yeah. this is their third straight, but the Gators, uh, they were in a do-or-die with Tennessee. Yeah. You know, game three goes to extra innings after losing a heartbreaker the night before. Look, what Tim Walton's done at Florida is incredible. Kelly Barnhill, the pitcher, is is just magnificent. Her final go-round there as, as a Florida Gator. So, yeah, I mean, will I be watching at Oklahoma City Thursday night at 7 o'clock? Absolutely. I love, love softball as far as the college, the Women's College World Series. But, again, yeah, I'm not a regular season fan. I didn't live and die in the month of March when Florida was battling LSU on a three-game set and, you know, March 15th or whatever. But, yeah, the tournament, I love it. And the fact that Oklahoma State knocked out the Knolls and now gets their chance at the Gators should be a lot of fun. So uh, whoever wins that matchup between Oklahoma State and Florida Mm -hmm. goes to the winner's bracket. Certainly a good place to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, before we wrap things up, any recruiting news? I know it's May, almost June. Things are kind of quiet. Is there anything kind of on the horizon or maybe on the back burner that that you've been made aware of or anything to chat about regarding no, 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 for Florida, not so much. I mean, again, they got those couple of commitments, uh, what, I guess two weeks ago, including the one from Jonathan Odom, the son of former Gator offensive tackle Jason Odom. Florida, Florida State, and Miami are all ranked in the top 10 of the 2020 recruiting rankings, so they're all doing very, very well. Dan Mullen, even though he had a couple of decommitments for the class of 2020, has kind of righted the ship a little bit, still in the top 10. More and more commitments will come. Keep in mind, a lot of kids are out for summer break now. A lot of kids are enjoying the summer uh, before they report for uh, you know fall practice right. late July, early August. So, yeah, I don't think you'll see that many commitments, that many pledges at this point, but certainly it'll heat back up very much so in the next six to eight weeks. And a quick thing as well, congratulations to Florida. I guess we'll congratulate Florida State as well for sneaking into the College World Series baseball tournament, the field of 64. Uh, did not think Florida was going to get in after losing the SEC tournament opener to Texas A&M, but they do get in heading to Lubbock, Texas, and how about this? How about a world where Florida is a three seed mm-hmm. taking on Dallas Baptist, yeah, who is no a joke. two seed? That, and the only reason I know that is because they scheduled they're a constant midweek opponent for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State during the non-conference schedules, and they're they're absolutely no joke. I think they have forty plus wins on the mm-hmm. year, and uh, they're one of those teams. God, what is the conference they play? It's something like ridiculous that obscure that. It, I can't obviously think of right now, but <laughs> but they're they're a team that nobody should overlook. And then you mentioned going down uh, and Lubbock being the number one seed, or Texas Tech rather being the number one seed. And that one taking on Army, uh, Texas Tech has done some incredible things over the past couple of years. Tim Tadlock there has the Red Raiders absolutely humming. Now if they could just get the football program figured out, basketball's rolling, baseball's rolling, and football's kind of standing there with. Well, they had Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Didn't they seem did. to help we, them all that yeah, much. Yeah, well, I think they had. They went seven and five that year, yeah. or something crazy like they were eight and four or something. Well, the thing to remember too, and look, I don't think Florida makes it out of Lubbock. I hope they do, and I'm happy they're in the tournament. But I think Texas Tech that's going to be tough to beat on their home field. But if Florida were to make it out of there. Oklahoma State were to make it out of their region. Then we meet up again. All of a sudden, Florida, Oklahoma State, and a super regional for the right to get to Omaha to the College World Series. We might have to play put some bets on those. There you go. For Absolutely. sure. No doubt. All right. Say, uh, shameless plug time. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Lauren underscore Rue. I'm at Ryan Green 1010XL. And of course, you can catch Ryan and the rest of the crew on XL Primetime weekdays from noon to three. Thank you, Hacker. Thanks, Lauren.